Good morning. My name is Ed Hires. I'm one of the pastors here at Shiloh. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you're here out there in virtual land. And uh, we are concluding our series today, Straight from the Heart. So we've been, I'm good. All right. I do love that song, though. Um, so we're concluding our series, and what we've been talking about, things that affect our words and our actions. So that's what our message has been about. And today, maybe not shockingly, the name of the uh, message is Don't Bring Me Down, the name of that song. Now, here is the deal. If you have not looked on your smartphone, if you have not looked on a tablet, if you've not talked to anybody else, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a $5 Dunkin' Donut gift card to the first person that raises their hand that can tell me the name of that group. I knew it! Oh, nope. All right. No. Hi, are you raising your hand, Chris? All right, so you out there in virtual land, here's what I'm going to do. If you have not looked at your cell phone or your smartphone, if you have not called a friend, if you are not in the first service, you have no way of knowing this other than you know it right now, send me an email, ed at shilohcommunity.church. The first one I get with the right name, I will email you a $5 coffee gift card. All right, the name of the group is Electric Light Orchestra, E-L-O. And here's why you may not know it. This song reached number four on the charts. Big hit in the United States. Guess what their second song that hit it big? No, none. Okay, so that's it. They did have a couple really big ones in England, but not over here. All right, so our topic for today is connected to this title, and it's our attitude, something that greatly, greatly affects our words and our actions. We'll be looking at what the Bible says about this, about our attitude, and what our attitude should, or more importantly, can be. So let's define attitude. I thought the definitions were really cool. You have to think about them, though. They're not really super easy until you think them through. Okay, number one, a mental position, a feeling, or an emotion with regard to a fact or state. A bodily state of readiness to respond in a characteristic way to a stimulus. A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. And last but not least, a position of the body proper to or implying an action or mental state. Now, I don't know about you, but that last one ties into actually number two. But... You know, when when my wife or someone close to me starts to talk about something I have strong feelings on and I disagree with them, you're going to know it because I look like it. I am poised, waiting for them to take a breath. All right? So maybe you're not like that, but I am. See, our attitudes come from our mind, our feelings, our emotions many times. But as we'll discuss today, they can be controlled by our heart. Ideally, we want our heart or spirit to control what is characteristic, as one of the definitions said, for our response to circumstances, we actually have the ability to determine what our settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or some things will be. See, your thinking, feeling, 
AKA your attitude can be directed by your heart, not necessarily by your circumstances. We get to choose. Since our attitude is most times represented by what we say, what we feel and do, it's what people see. At most times, for most people, it is directly related to your circumstances. And God has a different approach for his kids. For most of us, that would be you and I. God's plan is that our attitude should reflect our spiritual reality, not our physical reality. Make no mistake, this world can give us plenty of things to react to in a negative fashion. All you have to do is look at what's happened the last year. Pandemic, racial unrest, political turmoil. For many, their attitudes were shaped by those events. But it's not supposed to be that way. Philippians 4.8 says this, very importantly. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, worthy of respect, whatever is right and conformed to God's word, by God's word, whatever is pure, wholesome, whatever is lovely, brings peace, whatever is admirable, of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Send your mind on them and implant them in your heart. See, that's what God's will is for us. Because when your thoughts are focused on those things, they affect your actions and your words. But while that's straightforward and seems to be fairly simple instructions, how many people know when, when something happens to us that can bring us down? That's not always our first thought. We've got to be there. We've got to live there before the circumstances in order to be ready when the circumstances come. So I'm going to tell you three things that help me stay there versus being subject to my circumstances. Now, these three things are only three things. There are probably a thousand things that you could do to help stay focused where God has us to stay focused, where you can let your heart drive your attitude more than your circumstances. But these are my three. All right, so, so hopefully you can use one, two, or both of these. So number one, turn around. Number two, go where you're celebrated. Number three, develop an attitude of gratitude. Turn around. So what do I mean by that? So here's a statement that I wrote based on what I have kind of learned in my walk with the Lord. Your past is reality. Your future is uncertain. And your presence, your present is influenced by which one you focus on. So understand, so I don't get any emails, I understand that our long-term future is not uncertain. Okay, you're going to heaven if you have accepted Christ as your Savior. I'm going to heaven. But our immediate future, our immediate future is uncertain. And where we're living today is either going to be conformed to what we look back on versus what we look forward on, which is uncertain. See, we need to turn around sometimes. And it's all about seeing and remembering what God has done. Two things happen when you do that. First of all, you realize how much God has been present in your life. And secondly, you realize how far you've come spiritually, which you sometimes can't see in the circumstances you're in. 
See, when you only live in the present and look to the future, your attitude can be very easily affected by the circumstances you're in versus the reality of your past. God always told the Israelites to look back. He knew what they were going to face. He knew they were going to be going through a lot of trials. So he said, look, trust me. Look back. See what I've done. God created Passover to celebrate their exodus out of Egypt. However, you know, also it was for them, for their children, for their children's children, for their children's children's children, and all along the way that wouldn't have experienced it. So God said, I want them to remember just like I want you to remember. So when you get in tough times, you'll know that I can deliver you out of those. So our ancestors, this is in uh, Psalm, our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. When I was in distress and I sought the Lord, at night I stretched out untiring hands, but I would not be comforted. Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, To this will I appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. See, this is so important for the Israelites because they were going to be facing a tremendous amount of trial. I don't know about you, but it is hot up here. Is it hot out there? Yeah, I know. All right. Well, apparently they don't turn on the air conditioner yet. So our past, as I said, is reality. And as we look back to see God's love and grace in our lives, it should shape our attitude and give us hope to face any situation we find ourselves in. Paul said something that I thought was unbelievable. I wish I could say this. But he said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. (gasps) Come on. It's hard to say that, right? Every circumstance, not some, every circumstance. But why could he say that? He said that because his attitude in that area was based on what? His salvation and his trust in God. And why was he able to have that faith and trust in God? Because he just needed to look back and see all that God had done for him. See, when we trust, when we remember, it shapes our attitude. You know, I have had so many things to look back on. You know, one of them, my wife. You know, God sent Barb into my, Barbara into my life at a very key time in my life. I was a mess. And I needed somebody like her that could believe in me because I didn't believe in myself at all, filled with fear and anxiety and all kinds of stuff. It made no sense why she liked me, okay? But it did make sense ultimately. She had to suffer through some tough years, but it made sense ultimately. But God gave me that. I wasn't saved. I was anything but saved. But then all kinds of things occurred. God delivered me from that fear and anxiety. He just provided me a family that I never wanted kids. You know, one time we were visiting Barb's sister and husband. They had a um, pit bull. 
my daughter, Colleen, loves animals. So, of course, she runs right over and puts her hands on the dog and wants to kiss him, and the dog attacks her. And so she's bleeding everywhere. We rush her to the hospital. She gets 56, 58 stitches in her face. But here's what the doctor told us. He said, Mr. Hires, you are very fortunate you still have a daughter. If that one of the bites had been a quarter of an inch more to the right, that dog would have broken right through one of her main arteries. She would have bled out. You would have never gotten her here in time. Thank you, God. God's given me dreams and visions for not many, not many, but some. You know, it's just on and on. And I can look back last week, last month, just kind of look for him. He's there. Little things, big things. And don't tell me, well, I don't have anything to look back. If you're a Christian, that's not right. First of all, you can definitely look back on the day you got saved. Okay, because that was a miracle. You realize many are called, few are chosen. You're very fortunate. I have something I can say right now, and I know I'll get in trouble for it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, So, number one, turn around. Number two, celebrate. Celebrate, but go where you're celebrated. Go where you are celebrated. Now, I remember the first time I heard this. I was at some kind of a revival meeting. It was an evangelist there. And before he even said this, I didn't like him. He was just kind of cocky, and I don't know. So I have this rule. When I don't like someone's style, I take notes because I'm not going to receive very well. So I'm going to write it down, look at it later. And and boy, did this guy say some amazing things. But anyway, this whole go where you're celebrated thing, I just said, hey, don't people go somewhere where they're not only not celebrated, but they're, they're murdered for their faith? Don't, don't we get calls to go do things that are hardly a place where, where we feel we're, we're able to, but we feel God's direction? The answer is yes to all those. But then as I read my notes and, I, and as I listened to him, I got his point. And here's what is his point. God has gifted Every single person with something. Everyone. Everyone. And he's told us in his word that these gifts can be used to expand his kingdom. As we do, as we bless others by bringing to them what God has gifted us to bring, we bless them. And many times they celebrate us for that which is not a bad thing. I'll explain that a little more. Old saying, God's callings are God's enablings. So where God calls you to, most all the time, he will equip you for that. So if we go down to Romans, where it talks about the gifts, here Paul says, in his grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, isn't that a great gift? Oh, I'd love to surround myself with those people. And then, then just be kind. See, here's what we get mistaken on. Well, which one of them are I? am I? Maybe you're none of those. Because there are only examples of gifts. That's not all the gifts there are. 
There are many giftings. Some are big gifts. You know, some are little gifts. But everybody has gifts. See, when we stay in what we're equipped to do, instead of trying to be something we're not, that greatly affects our attitude. You know, as a church leader, sometimes we will get people coming to us telling us what God has told them they're supposed to do or be. Okay, so many times we have to say, well, God hasn't told us that yet. So we're going to have to take a pause. You know, one of the examples is uh, John over there, our worship leader. You know, he'll get people to come and say, I'm meant to sing. God has just called me to be a worshiper and to be a singer, and I want to join the worship team. Okay, so you would probably imagine you just don't get on the worship team. So John says, let's get together, and, you know, I want to hear you sing a little bit. So we get, they get together. The person is horrible, can't hold a note. They're not gifted there, but they think they're gifted there. So we have to tell them nicely that you're in team four and we only have three teams. Just kidding. But we have to tell them we don't think this is your calling. And that doesn't always go well, by the way. Paul said this, Apostle Paul. He said, I plant, but another waters. All right? So that same Paul was the one that said, I can do all things through Christ. Well, he could do all things through Christ if he had to, needed to. But he said, my gift, and where he focused most of his time, was doing what God had called him to do, and that is bringing people to Jesus Christ, planting people firmly on the word and on the king of kings, but then others would come behind him and nurture them and bring them along. That was not Paul's thing. See, everyone can do something, everyone. And when you operate in a gift where you're above average, guess what? Your attitude starts to be above average. So let me give you a very simple example because a lot of times people say gifting, you know, oh, I'm not gifted to preach, I'm not gifted to this and the other. Okay, so let me give you an example that I'm close to. My wife loves to do jigsaw puzzles. Loves to do jigsaw puzzles. In fact, if you want her attitude to be the best possible, you let her do jigsaw puzzles for two hours. And she comes out of that. She's great. I, on the other hand, can do jigsaw puzzles for two minutes. If I find a piece, immediately I stay. Doesn't work that way. And then if my wife tries to find a piece for me, I get angry. Right? Yep. Uh, So, you may say, Ooh, she's gifted doing jigsaw puzzle. Isn't that good? Yes, it is good. Because guess what? She has got this whole group of people now that were not doing jigsaw puzzles before that are doing jigsaw puzzles now. And you know what they tell her? Oh, my goodness, it's so restful. It's so peaceful. I love doing these. And, and guess what? Our family comes over. We have 18 people in our family now, you know, children, spouses, grandchildren. And It's crazy. And nobody gets much time to get together and kids are going everywhere. But guess what? They all huddle around the puzzle table and they puzzle together and they talk to one another. And guess what? Our kids are now, our grandkids are loving to puzzle. And I get peace and quiet because they're all puzzling. (laughs) Yes. So, So it's a small thing in many people's minds, but it blesses people. My house is a clearinghouse for jigsaw puzzles, I have hundreds, usually, no, maybe not hundreds, but maybe a hundred, maybe more, that, we go, that go back and forth between all these people. 
It's wonderful. But maybe that's not your gift. But maybe you cook well, so you can cook for others, whether they're needy or your own family. All right? Maybe, uh, maybe you're a good encourager. You can encourage others. Maybe you're a giver. You give financially. Or maybe you love to pray. Or maybe you can give wise counsel. Uh, Some are gifted as moms or dads. Some are handy and can help those who aren't. That would be me. All right? I love people that are handy. I like to get them around me because they can do things for me. We'll talk about that in a moment. See, the most important person in you and I want to celebrate us is who? It's the Lord. We want him to celebrate us for walking in his ways. But you know what? As we do and as we bless others, occasionally, just like Paul was celebrated unbelievably, he was celebrated by hundreds and by thousands. We don't do it for that. It's a byproduct of our attitude. It's a byproduct of staying in our giftings. We divert all that, all that celebration to God. Don't get me wrong. But it's a nice byproduct of staying where God has you to stay. And last, but certainly not least, is for you and for me to develop an attitude of gratitude. I preach on this a lot. Colossians 2, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Replace that with the word gratitude whenever you see thankful. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. See, grateful people, people who live this life of thankfulness are the most wonderful people you can be around. Grateful people have lots of friends because they, their attitude, their actions, their words come out and, and people just are attracted to people that see the glass is half full versus half empty. See, most Americans want just a little bit more of whatever they have. Many then are focused on what they don't have. You know, I like my house till I see your house, which is bigger and better. I like my boat until I see your boat. I like my wife until I, oh no, that's not a good one. All right. All right. See, as we cultivate this attitude of gratitude, our attitude on life, others, circumstances, it changes dramatically for the better. When we look for things to be thankful for, you see, and when our attitude changes, guess what? Others notice, they're drawn to us. And at that moment, we're in a perfect place to use our gifts and our ability to share this amazing relationship that you have with Jesus Christ with someone who may not. Now, let me tell you, gratitude is a funny thing because people might say, oh, I'm a grateful Ed. So here's the difference. You have reactive gratitude and proactive gratitude. So Chris decides to give me um, something that I really like. What could that be, Chris? I don't know. What do I like? Oh, maybe he's going to give me a whole new set of golf clubs that he promises will get me into the 70s uh, for nine. And so I get these golf clubs 
And guess what? I am so grateful to Chris for that. Of course I am, because something just happened to me that was good. But proactive gratitude is when I find the ability to be thankful for something that has nothing to do with me. And that many times can be just saying something nice to someone about who they are has nothing to do with you. You know, maybe I appreciate all those that work in the food pantry. I'm going to tell them, thank you for that. I don't go shopping at the food pantry. I don't have much other than being, you know, here and being blessed to to be a leader that, that has helped to form that. Uh, and very little in the, in the way of most other people, but it's just this kind of gratitude that doesn't require something that was good for me. Now, let me tell you what happens. It's an interesting concept. We have this word, word appreciate. See, when we appreciate something, it means not just one thing, but two things. When we say, I appreciate you for this reason, we normally think of, I'm just saying I'm grateful for it. But what is the other definition for appreciate? Add value. value. Very good. Add value. So when I appreciate something, I not only express my gratitude for it, I raise it in value. Okay, so if I have two stones right here, I was going to bring these, but I didn't have one big enough on the other side. A piece of coal and a big diamond. If I were to give you one, which would you want? You can make the coal into a diamond if you put it under enough pressure and your great-grandchildren go dig it up. But no, you're going to say, Ed, I will take that seven-carat diamond. Because why? Because that has been appreciated in your mind. First of all, you'd appreciate it if I gave you a seven-carat diamond. You'd be very grateful. It would be reactive gratefulness, though, right? But also, because people love the sparkle, the hardness. I mean, there's no reason why diamonds should be so expensive other than people appreciate them. And the more they appreciate them, the more that it goes up in value. A year and a half ago, if you wanted to buy toilet paper, how much were you willing to pay? We appreciated toilet paper like never before. Now it's gas in the Southeast. Oh gosh, people are funny. Um, So proactive is what we want to go for as Christians. And let me tell you something. Proactive gratitude changes our attitude so much better than reactive. Reactive is for a moment. So I have a homework assignment for you, if you want to. You know, this is optional. This week, seven days in a row, one time per day, proactive gratitude. You're going to express gratitude to someone for something. It doesn't necessarily have to be about them. You know, you can say, oh, I am so blessed by the church that I'm in, okay? I, not, you don't have to be in this church. This sounds self-serving, but I don't mean it that way. But here's what happens in our church. I'm so grateful. See, somebody will say, really? Oh, well, my church isn't like that, or I don't have a church. And so you can be, but one time, one time a day, set a reminder on your phone or your tablet or, or however you do those things. One time a day, it's not hard, but oh, you'll feel so much better when you do it. So wrapping up, attitude is all about focusing on what God has done and continues to do in your life. It's not about who you think you should be or what you think you should have and not about circumstances of the moment. Straight from the heart has been our 
series title, nothing, nothing could be a better way to describe where our attitude is supposed to come from. A godly attitude will not prevent you from having trials and difficulties. But trials and difficulties should not prevent you from having a godly attitude. That's the key. You see, we are called to maintain an attitude of trust and faith and hope regardless of our circumstances. And that is made possible when we turn around, see what God has done, when we have this ability to go, to use our gifts, to go where we will be celebrated by, by blessing others, mainly celebrated by the Lord, which is the most important one. And then be grateful. Be grateful for all you, you have and all you are and for the things that happen around you and speak them. You know, here's the important part of attitude. If someone meets me, they have no idea who I am if they meet me for the first time. They don't know about my history. They don't know I'm a pastor necessarily. They don't know this, that. They don't know anything. But they do know my attitude immediately. They hear my words and they see my actions. You know, one of the worst things I've had happen to me a few times in my life, people have known I'm a Christian and I've done something or said something and they say, wow, I wouldn't expect a Christian to say or do that. Oh, dagger to the heart. Fortunately, not too many times have I had to deal with that. But, but the fact of the matter is people see our words and our actions first and foremost. Attitudes don't just affect you. Who wants to have a, a, bummer, a bummer attitude? Who wants to be down? But I'll tell you something. It's not just about you. You telegraph that to others. So today, turn around today. Take a look. See what God has done. Think about your giftings. Everybody has them. And just be grateful. It's such a great thing to be. So, Father, I thank you. Lord, I know there's probably many other things that help us to shape our attitude. These are three that that you've taught me over the years. But, Father, I pray that we would take seriously the importance of our attitude, especially in a world that has lost hope. Oh, Lord, we've been so divided. Help us as Christians, to bring unity back as much as it depends upon us. Help us, Lord, to to seek you and to know you and to, to look and notice all those areas you have been there for us and with us. I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that I will continue to practice these things. And Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to help us Whenever we focus on doing something that is in line with your word, you help us to do it. So help us, starting today, to to blend these into our lives so that we could have an attitude that draws people closer to you and draws us closer to you. I ask this in Jesus, your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining in. And enjoy this amazing weather, all right? Get outside today. So thank you for coming. If you need prayer for anything, please come up. We would love to agree with you on prayer, in prayer. God bless.